Another week of the show all about the South has arrived. The General of the South, John Rawl, right here. And you are going to help me get through another exciting week of Southern programming on this, the Y'all Show. Hope your weekend was great as we are back at it here on this 14th day of October in the year of our Lord, 2019. Here's what's coming up on the Y'all Show today. We've got Hashtag Hullabaloo coming up in the next segment. We also have, at the end of this hour, a very special guest from the website AL.com, which covers Alabama news, sports, politics, and more. We've got Bill Thornton stopping by. He did a great article that I recently discovered at AL.com about Alabama and shopping malls. And if even if you don't live in the state of Alabama, shopping malls have had a great connection to the South and the rest of the country for the last 50 years. And guess what? A lot of shopping malls have kind of seen their better days. Bill's going to come on and let us know more about this article and how you can learn from it and maybe apply it to your own life. And perhaps the shopping malls days are not numbered. They're going to keep going on and going on. We'll find out when we talk to Bill Thornton of AL.com in our Y'all Street Business Report. In the second hour of today's show, we'll look back at the weekend of college football. We've got some new schools entering the top 25. Congratulations to the Appalachian State Mountaineers in the top 25. And I think this is not their first time. They were in it when they beat the Michigan Wolverines as an FCS program. Pretty sure I'm right on that. So App State's in there. You also have the Missouri Tigers in the top 25. Congratulations, Mizzou. And what a wild weekend it was. Congratulations to the South Carolina Gamecocks. Way to go, Will Muschamp, beating Georgia. Congratulations to the Tennessee Vols getting a big win against Mississippi State. And scanning the other conferences out there, Duke got a big victory over the weekend. SMU won again. And I got to give love to the VMI Kedats. They had a miracle win and they've won now their third conference game in a program that usually doesn't win a single conference game. And VMI, Virginia Military Institute, getting it done in the FCS ranks. And we'll tell you more about that when we get to our college sports and weekend sports recap, including what happened on NFL Sunday action and Major League Baseball playoffs. We got the NLCS continuing on today and the Washington Nationals are getting oh so close to going to the World Series their first time. We'll tell you more about that in our sports recap. Plus, Jerry Short stopping by. Speaking of a guy that we want to talk to, Jerry Short's going to be coming out of the Teller of Tales from Takapola, and we're going to get Jerry to talk about food. We're going to talk about something that I just found over the weekend that puts a big smile on my face, and I bet it will put a big smile on your face. And we'll tell you what that is when we get to that spot, that special spot in the second hour. Plus, we're going to get Jared to talk about CWD. If you haven't heard of chronic wasting disease, you need to listen up. In fact, I think today we're just going to kind of touch the bases. We're going to have to dive more into this. This is a major, major problem affecting deer of the South. And it may not be in your southern state, but it's going to be affecting it. 
And you you need to listen to this in our discussion of chronic wasting disease in the second hour. It's deer hunting season right now, and deer hunters know exactly what I'm talking about, especially in some of our southern states like Tennessee, Mississippi, even into Alabama. All that is going to be discussed with Jerry Short in our second hour. Our telephone number, if you want to connect to the Y'all Show, is 803-816-1170, our website, y'all.com. On Facebook, we are y'all.com and y'all magazine. On Facebook, like our page. It's free of charge, and you'll be right on top of all things Southern. If you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're at Y'all Show. Now, looking at headlines from across the Southeast as we get this day started. Hey, it was a big election day in Louisiana on Saturday. And unfortunately for John Bell Edwards of Louisiana, the governor of that state, he's going to have to move on to another round in the race because he didn't achieve the 50% needed to outright win the governor's race of Louisiana as they have the jungle primary system in the Pelican State. And now he's going to move on and face businessman Eddie Respioni in the upcoming election where these two will go after after each other Respion, he was the businessman who i don't think he's ever run for office before but he finished second in the multi-person race and republican congressman ralph abraham actually finished third and so he missed out on the runoff if you want to call it that on friday of last week president donald trump went in to lake charles and had a big rally where both of the republican guys the two front runners were there in front of the crowd to campaign and say hey either one of these guys are better than john bell edwards and guess what you're going to now see respioni be the man chosen to battle to try to get the governor's seat back in republican hands it seems like a hundred years ago when bobby jindal was the longtime republican governor of louisiana but now john bell edwards has had that role for the last several years and Louisiana voters are going to have to go back in about a month and vote again to see who indeed will be the next governor. It may be John Bell Edwards being reelected, but it'll be determined soon as Edwards over the weekend, he got right around 46 percent. It didn't get the 50 percent needed to go forward. And so that runoff date is going to be November 16th. Keeping the stories coming from Louisiana did you see the video of that awful hotel construction incident at the New Orleans Hard Rock Hotel? And two people, at least two people, have now been confirmed dead, and multiple other people have been injured. New Orleans Mayor Latoya Cantrell confirmed the second death over the weekend after the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino building under construction in the city's downtown area. It actually partially collapsed over the weekend and more than 20 other people were reported injured in this collapse it was a scary sight all captured on video i'm sure you've seen it making the rounds but it was a scary sight there and i'm i don't know how what this is going to do for the project there of course it's not all that uncommon for people to die in construction sites but this thing looks like it caused major problems there in the big easy at the hard rock hotel and that construction collapse you might see Shepard Smith hanging out in the Big Easy now that he is no longer employed at Fox News Channel. The Mississippi native walked off the job essentially on Friday as he resigned in the middle of his contract. And he had signed this contract extension last spring, but he asked the network to let him go out of his deal. And Fox News Channel agreed. Of course, he had that 
mid-afternoon slot that frankly even the most devout fox news channel watchers didn't even see him on there because he wasn't part of the primetime lineup and he wasn't part of the morning lineup either and as a guy who myself have have tuned in fox news channel for a long time i never saw shepherd smith on there and of course president trump had to weigh in on this when he was asked hey what do you think about shepherd smith leaving fox he said was it because of low ratings as president trump the czar of ratings had to kind of use that to poke fun at the mississippian shepherd smith no longer on the fox news channel by the way his show averaged nearly 1.3 million viewers the last three months according to nielsen those numbers actually beat cnn and msnbc and fox's primetime lineup with more viewers available generally gets about three million viewers so I would say he had pretty good ratings, although maybe not up to the primetime lineup, but Shepard Smith, who was hired in 1996 when Fox News Channel launched, uh, is off the air. And this is a guy who, by the way, if you're out there and you are not in college and you think everything in life revolves around getting a college degree, 55-year-old Shepard Smith never graduated from college. He attended the University of Mississippi, but he never graduated. He walked out of co- out of college, out of Ole Miss, to take a job in Panama City, and never finished his degree. And I'd say the old boy did pretty well. I'd say he did pretty well. And as a guy myself that has a degree in journalism from the University of Mississippi, I wouldn't mind trading bank accounts with Shepard Smith. Okay, so I'm just telling you, if you haven't finished college. You can end up being the next Shepard Smith and being ultra successful, but ultimately walking off the job like he did at the end of last week. More statue nonsense to report here on the Y'all Show, and I am getting sick and tired of this kind of nonsense. Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina, a very special place in aviation history. There you'll find a copper bust out there. The National Park Service knows about this, and this is for the aviation pioneer Orville Wright. And the copper bust of Orville Wright, of the Wright Brothers, has been stolen from the Wright Brothers National Memorial in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. The National Park Service and local law enforcement officials investigating and are asking the public's help for any information. But this bust of our aviation pioneer, Orville Wright, is missing at this monument way out at Kill Devil Hills in North Carolina, the birthplace of aviation North Carolina, by the way. An update to a story we told you a couple of days ago on the Y'all Show about a couple in Florida walking, and they got attacked. 71-year-old Rupert Frey and Elson Frey, who's 85, walking in Florida in their suburb of Fort Lauderdale, and they believe they were attacked by a bobcat that jumped out of the bushes and attacked them. Well, this couple thought that that's what indeed hit them, but newly released DNA test results actually show that the injuries that they were attacked by the puncture wounds to the face and arms and one actually lost part of their finger in this attack of a so-called bobcat it wasn't a bobcat jerry clower would be proud it was a raccoon that attacked them on their walk there in south florida so even those coons in south florida can be oh jerry clower oh rest in peace and finally Let's take you to Tennessee, and outside of Memphis, you'll find the community of Bartlett. And a 19-year-old man is now going to be in court after he was arrested for allegedly stealing $10 from his granny's undergarments. 
Jared Ott is from Bartlett. He was arrested last month for the robbery and assault of his own grandmother nearly two weeks earlier, citing an arrest affidavit. And according to the records, the victim, who has not been identified by police, contacted the Shelby County Sheriff's to report that Ott had entered her home on August 30th and demanded cash after refusing the victim alleged that he pushed her on a bed, held her down, raised her dress, and removed $10 from her undergarments. And the woman sustained several bruises to her arms and legs as a result of the assault. The man was ultimately arrested on a $10,000 bail and set to appear in court this week. But what a low life there, if true. Jared, a 19-year-old Tennessean, arrested again for stealing $10 from a grandmother's undergarments in Bartlett, Tennessee. Oh, my gosh. What is, what's, what's happening, y'all? Well, that's a look at our headlines. When we come back on y'all, we've got hashtag hullablue, a an abbreviated version of hashtag hullablue. And don't forget, later this hour, Bill Thornton of AL.com is dropping by with the Y'all Street Business Report. This is the Y'all Show. You don't want to miss it. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. And now for an important announcement. Do you, or does someone you know, sweat the bed? Do you ever wake up feeling like you've been sleeping on a slip and slide? Sweating the bed is a serious but a common problem that affects your sleep, health, and happiness. Plus, it's just plain gross. But it's not you. It's your mattress. Fortunately, there is a cure. It's called Purple. Purple is the only mattress with a scientifically engineered smart comfort grid. This patented technology is designed to let air flow freely so you sleep cool. Side effects of sleeping on Purple include sleeping better, feeling better, and, well, honestly, smelling better. Try the Purple mattress risk-free for 100 nights and never sweat the bed again. And for a limited time, pick a free Purple product with your mattress purchase by texting AWESOME to 84888. The coolest sleep of your life and a free Purple product by texting AWESOME to 84888. That's A-W-E-S-O-M-E to 84888. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is in Introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 9999. That's promo code 9999 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Back into the Y'all Show. Let's zip through a few 
hashtag hullabaloo items here as we get a new week of the all southern show started and then in the next segment it's our y'all street business report and a very special guest bill thornton of al.com is dropping by to talk about a story he just penned about the shopping malls of the heart of dixie and what's going on are they going to survive what's the latest trends all that will be discussed with Mr. Thornton in the very next segment. And don't don't forget, in the second hour of today's Y'all Show, we'll look back at the weekend in sports, college football, NFL, and Major League Baseball playoff action. And then Jerry Short's coming by in the second hour. Now we start off, hashtag, I believe, with a tweet from Math Teacher. And on Twitter, it's Math Teacher 1123 a high school math teacher for 19 years and counting, a mom-type person for 23 years and counting. Love my job, my awesome husband and my kids and here's what math teacher put on twitter this week a picture of what she calls my new favorite shirt hashtag southern and would you believe right there is a beautiful shirt of her that she's donning and it's a picture of a shirt with a message on the front bless your heart and that is math teacher's new favorite shirt and math teacher i hope that (laughs) adds up to be a great success in the classroom bless your heart mary harding is on twitter we've actually mentioned her few of her tweets in the history of this show at meh957 is her twitter handle she's a noted wilco fan and a topo chico enthusiast go look that up if you don't know what i'm talking about and mary harding writes on twitter this week making grits listening to patsy hashtag southern <sighs> mary you, you you, you, you had me at hello. <laughs> I need to meet you. Anybody that would make grits gets a big salute from me. And then listening to Patsy, there's not but one Patsy. And I'm sure we're talking about the same Patsy, Mary Harding. You're talking about Patsy Klein, or as she was born, Virginia Patterson Hensley. Patsy Klein, the legendary Grand Ole Opry star, the legendary songstress of Dixie, the Virginian. She was born in Winchester, Virginia, September 8th, 1932. And unfortunately, we lost Patsy Klein when she was only 30 years old as she was killed in a plane crash in West Tennessee in the town of Camden on March 5th, 1963. In that awful year that we lost President John F. Kennedy to assassination, Six months before, seven months before the assassination in Dallas, we had that tragic plane crash in Camden, Tennessee, and Patsy Cline went down. And she was just, her her voice, her sound is absolutely priceless. Now, if you don't know this about Patsy Cline, she actually was married twice. She was first married to Gerald Cline, which is where she gets the last name Cline from. Gerald Cline, she married in 1953. And divorced in 1957. Now, her second husband, I had the great fortune of interviewing one time, 20 plus years ago, was Charlie Dick. Charlie in the Nashville area. And man, what a great gentleman. I don't know if Charlie's still alive. I hope he is. But he had so many great memories and and just was a great interview. Great, great Southern gentleman. In fact, he told me, a building that was on Music Row in Nashville, he said, go back in the back of it sometime when you get a chance, John, and look, and you'll see, you can still see, if you look closely, the Quonset Hut structure of this building. And at that time, it was Sony Records' office. He said, if you go look in the in the alley, you'll see that Quonset Hut shape. 
And sure enough, I took Mr. Dick's advice with me, and lo and behold, there it was. And you know what happened when that Kwanzaa Hut area? That's where Patsy Cline recorded on Music Row in Nashville, some of her great songs. And so thank you, Charlie Dick, if you're still with us. I haven't heard anything about him, so I assume he is still with us. Just don't know for sure. Again, she married him in 57. Did you know who played Patsy Cline in the movie about her, the biopic Sweet Dreams? It was a 1985 Academy Award-nominated biopic, Sweet Dreams. And if you're a Patsy Cline fan, I'm sure you know. But in case you don't, you need a little memory kind of nudge. Jessica Lange was the one who portrayed Patsy in Sweet Dreams. And it's been a long time since I saw that, but a great memory. And thank you, Miss Topo Chico Enthusiast, for sharing your knowledge and your love of Patsy Cline with all of us here today. Mary Harding, bless your heart to kind of channel back to math teacher and her awesome t-shirt she's wearing rebecca millet is on twitter rebecca millet a an award-winning christian romance author and she says on twitter she loves her husband and boys she's a fangirl of books and she is with the steve laub agency i'm not sure about that but that's what she puts so i'm just sharing the good news with you here on y'all rebecca puts on twitter Woke up to temps in the 60s and drove to work with my seat warmer on <laughs> hashtag Southern. Well, Rebecca, you're absolutely right. And depending on where you are in Dixie, there's a darn good chance toward the end of last week into the weekend. You had temperatures drop down in some cases in the 30s, 40s for sure. And maybe even in the 50s if you were in like Key West. But yeah, it was it was cold. It was cool. I broke out. Did y'all do the same thing that I did? I actually had to go get a jacket and put it on for the first time since what March, April, and eh, I, I, I like not having to tote a jacket around. But it, it's it's a stylish thing, I guess. And so it was. It's just a we're getting close to November now for goodness sake but yes in the south many of you woke up to temperatures in the 60s and had to cut that seat warmer on it's always funny when you don't have your heater on in your house for seven months six months and you cut that sucker on and it has that smell of smoke and you're like oh gosh call the fire department no it's just your heater depending on your electric system it just needs to be fired up and get the kinks worked out because it's not used to being on after six months of hibernation but it's it's oak it's getting in close to november and that's the way it goes rebecca thank you for that and yeah hope your seat warmer works good i'll never forget this story about our takapola storyteller he's not here he's coming up in the second hour but you're gonna love this story so it's like early september about 10 years ago me and jerry short riding in a car for hours okay it's hot it's 90 degrees outside and jerry was riding with me to south carolina and he'd never ridden with me that long for that many hours in my passenger seat i had a, a chevy tahoe at that time with leather seats and i had the seat warmers well jerry didn't realize halfway through georgia that he had accidentally hit the button on my seat warmers and he was <laughs> Shaking in the seat for like 30 minutes, an hour. He thought he was having a heart attack. He's like, man, something's wrong with me. I I feel hot. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my gosh, I better pull off, go to the hospital. And I happen to look over, 
<laughs> and sure enough, he not only had the seat warmer on, he had it on max. And these things are not comfortable on max, even when it's 10 degrees outside, <laughs> at least on a Chevy tire. Those things got hot. And I, uh, I laughed my took us off. I was like, Jerry, I left my cold took us compared to his hot took us. I laughed hysterically because I've done that before. Usually, I guess since I'm the owner of the car, I know, oh, maybe I've accidentally hit that seat warmer button. (laughs) He thought he might have been having a stroke or a heart attack. Bless his heart. Aurora Sleeping Beauty is on Twitter at AllIsonic87. I hope I said that right. And Aurora Sleeping Beauty, just a Carolina girl who is a huge fan of Impractical Jokers on True TV and Live PD on A&E. Thank you for the plug there, Aurora Sleeping Beauty. Two shows, a little bit different, but eh, in the broad spectrum of programming available, I guess those are some of the better shows for people to watch. They're at least original, in my opinion. But she writes on Twitter, speaking of South Carolina and heat, not car seat hot though aurora writes we wear hoodies in south carolina when it's 75 to 80 degrees because it's really the only time we can lol hashtag south carolina hashtag southern yeah i guess you're you're pointing out that uh maybe it doesn't get colder than 75 so you better put those hoodies on as compared to when it's usually like 100 degrees and plus like columbia famously hot columbia south carolina now come on aurora i know that even even in south carolina it can get pretty darn cold it can be snowing there when it's not snowing in other parts of dixie that are usually even colder and i've i've known for a fact i think you might live in the grand strand based on your photo i'm seeing here i know before it's it's actually snowed at myrtle beach when it didn't snow anywhere else in the south because the way the jet stream or the gulf breeze or something it kind of affected the the grand strand myrtle beach area and they had snow sometimes on christmas day if i'm not mistaken so yeah but i appreciate your tweet and wear those hoodies proud and you should be wearing those hoodies proud in the grand strand of south carolina this week because you got a very good clemson football team in that state and you got a darn good gamecock football team that just defeated the georgia bulldogs so there you have it hey we got more sports news coming up in just a little bit but when we come back on the y'all show we'll have a very special guest bill thornton of the website al.com he's going to be on to talk about shopping malls in alabama and maybe this is important to you if you live in alabama but if you're outside of the state of alabama the great state of alabama I bet you what Bill's going to share is going to be very applicable to your neighborhood. And we'll have that conversation in our Y'all Street Business Report coming up next. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. 
Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. And now for an important announcement. Do you, or does someone you know, sweat the bed? Do you ever wake up feeling like you've been sleeping on a slip and slide? Sweating the bed is a serious but a common problem that affects your sleep, health, and happiness. Plus, it's just plain gross. But it's not you. It's your mattress. Fortunately, there is a cure. It's called Purple. Purple is the only mattress with a scientifically engineered smart comfort grid. This patented technology is designed to let air flow freely so you sleep cool. Side effects of sleeping on Purple include sleeping better, feeling better, and, well, honestly, smelling better. Try the Purple mattress risk-free for 100 nights and never sweat the bed again. And for a limited time, pick a free Purple product with your mattress purchase by texting AWESOME to 84888. The coolest sleep of your life and a free Purple product by texting AWESOME to 84888. That's A-W-E-S-O-M-E to 84888. We lived our little drama We kissed in a field of white And stars fell on Alabama last night Back into the Y'all Show as we focus on all things Southern and that includes Southern business here as we get a new week started. I'm John Rawl. Glad to have you back here. Our number, 803-816-1170. And in our business spotlight today, I wanted to bring on a special guest, courtesy of AL.com, and he's a writer for that website. His name's Bill Thornton, and he's joining us now from the Yellowhammer State to talk about an article he recently penned called Alabama's Malls Changing with the Times. And no matter where you go in the country, but in the South in particular, you've got these shopping malls that were once the beacon of a community that in many cases are sitting there either closed down entirely or they're shuttering down moment by moment. And I wanted to have Bill come on today and and tell us what led him to kind of write this article and what we can discover from this. So welcome into the Y'all Show, Bill. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So what led you to write this article? Well, it's, you know, this is a moment that's happening uh, in business where uh, some of this started with the recession in 2008. Some of it uh, has been kind of accelerated by online retail, but you have... Uh, malls around the country, and we should probably say a lot of this is happening with enclosed malls, the traditional sort of small town, large town, enclosed mall. Uh, they are having trouble surviving. You go to some towns, and the mall has maybe 10 stores in it, maybe one restaurant and food court where in the past it was 30 or 40 shops. Uh, some places the malls are being sold and redeveloped. In other places they're being torn down. It's uh, something that's happening. Not every mall around the country is suffering, but the ones where there are particular uh, factors involved, uh, it's it's not good for. Uh, it's not looking good for some of them. 
Yeah, in fact, you you just, in your article, informed me about a mall that I had no idea closed in Huntsville. Madison Square Mall was there for 32 years, and it closed in 2017. And it's a casualty here as part of many shopping centers across the country. Yeah, uh, it should be, I should tell you, though, that what is happening with that uh, – uh, that piece of land now is it's being redeveloped into uh, a large uh, multi-use uh, development with shopping restaurants. Uh, it's not a mall, but it's uh, something along the same lines of a mall. It's concentrated retail with a little residential thrown in and entertainment venues. Okay. Well, that was in a pretty big town called Huntsville. Now, you also bring out in your article in East Alabama, in the Anniston, Oxford, Jacksonville area of that part of East Alabama, the Quintard Mall has been a longtime fixture right there in the Anniston area, and it's now having a problem surviving. But just down the road, one exit away, you've got the Oxford Exchange open. And I just stopped by there last week and got me some petrol bill and uh, saw all the, the great uh, – they even have – I think I saw a Moe's is in that area now, which is pretty neat. And also, I think they've got a couple of other really good steak restaurants like Outback, maybe – or Longhorn or something like that, but they've got a target there that's been a long time stop of mine when I'm heading toward Atlanta. Yeah, um, in fact, uh, that that particular uh, uh, community that you're talking about there kind of spotlights what we're talking about. Quintard Mall is your traditional enclosed mall. Oxford Exchange is what's kind of referred to sometimes as a lifestyle center. Instead of an enclosed place where you have a bunch of stores under one roof what you have is a large swath of stores with storefronts uh that are facing outdoors uh and it, you know there are there's places to eat but they're out parcels uh cointard is is the you know you walk in the front door and there's all of the uh uh stores anchors and uh, food court inside and over the past few years you've noticed you know these numbers dwindling inside so what the city did is they are uh, offering some incentives to the company that owns quintard to redevelop it more in line with a lifestyle center concept where you've got outfacing stores and and um, uh, i think the the thing that they were worried about was is and this is a factor with just about every mall where the, you see this kind of thing happening is it's not just the mall it's all the other retail stores around it if the mall goes down those other retail stores go down because there's not as much traffic to that area and while it may be tempting to say we'll just raise it and redevelop it uh, you also are worried that you're not going to have this big dead space in the middle of your city at a major intersection. So what they decided was, okay, we will give some incentives for you to go out and redevelop the property and uh, so that we'll still have retail here, but it'll look different. Hopefully, we'll get some better tenants, and uh, over time, we can develop this property back into something that not only complements our newer development, like Oxford Exchange, but, you know, revitalizes the area we're talking today with a writer from al.com our special guest is we're breaking down malls across alabama but also the south is bill thornton bill a business writer there for al.com and his article recently pinned there on the site alabama's malls changing with the times and we've all had to change with the times and like you just kind of mentioned there with quintard mall in the anniston area of alabama 
that mall technically is in the town of Oxford, Alabama. And you mentioned how, I guess, when you talked about the town was helping to kind of keep it going, you're talking about the city of Oxford, Alabama? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Oxford, uh, Oxford um, they committed, uh, I think, some tax abatements over like a 10 to 15 year period just to kind of keep it, you know, uh, for incentives, uh, which means that, you know, they expect this property to be there a while uh, in this, you know, in this incarnation. So, you know, it's pretty uh, large commitment over time. Well, malls typically were not built in the South, at least right in the heart of a town. They were usually built on the outskirts of a metropolitan area. And here is a case where Oxford is not the biggest town. It's Anniston is right across the hill from where Oxford is. And it's Oxford having to bear the burden of trying to keep this mall going. And this mall and the entrance there on the highway is your sort of front porch into Anniston. So it's in Anniston's best interest as well to keep Quintard Mall going, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that is that, you know, when Quintard Mall was built, Anniston was a larger town than Oxford. Uh, but at the same time that Quintard Mall was built, you had I-20 coming through there, a major artery between Anniston or uh, Atlanta and uh, Birmingham. Well, what's happened over the last 40 years since Quintard opened is that all of that development uh, has sprung up around Oxford. Uh, and the main sources of business in Anniston, uh, like the uh, um, Fort McClellan, have uh, you know there is no longer a factor. So, uh, what has happened at Quintard, in a way, uh, Oxford is trying to continue this uh, uh, trend where they have become more influential. Uh, making money off of the in, interstate and uh, uh it is in aniston's best interest but uh, to to keep it going because people have traditionally shopped in that area and are still shopping at oxford exchange well i think i may know part of the reason for that increase for oxford alabama you you want to know what it is go ahead the hometown of one rick and bubba <laughs> well i don't know if there's a statue there yet but it's probably on its way all right we're talking to bill thornton of al.com and hey about 12 years ago bill i happened to be in the state capital of montgomery and at that time just to the east of montgomery was an area that opened up called east chase and it was one of the first ones that i'm aware of that kind of had this modern age mall where you don't have the giant building all over the place it's kind of these little hodgepodge of of buildings that make up this i think it's called the shops at east chase how mm-hmm. how is that surviving it's, it's doing well the, the the thing about as you mentioned that's the lifestyle center concept it's it's a it's almost like an old main street you've got these uh, uh sidewalks decorative lights um big uh retail brick and mortar stores uh that kind of uh get you outdoors get you breathing air uh you you are instead of being under one roof you're driving around this thing uh trying you know looking just window shopping if you will or you know it's it's a place where you uh, are kind of in some ways overwhelmed by the architecture but also drawn into it at the same time instead of a big building you have a big stretch of land that's got a lot of stores on it another place is uh pierpoint down in um uh 
uh, Panama City, where you're right there on the beach, but you're also uh, your gateway in is your nice eating establishments. And then you go a little bit further in and there's a, a large theater in the middle of it. And then uh, on the backside, you've got all of these um, uh, apparel places uh, and you know, it's a place where you could spend instead of a couple hours, you could spend half a day there and uh, let's split up. Let's go over here. We'll meet at this restaurant afterwards in the same way. It's like a mall, but it's a much larger a use of space and it's uh it's got a lot more uh it's got a lot more attractiveness to it all right well you talked about panama city in case people are wondering that is in lower alabama <laughs> Would you, in your article you meant you found a guy who's got a pretty successful business out of the mobile area and that's brent barkin the president and ceo of shoe station and what was some of the feedback that he had because he's got stores all over the place in malls and out just outside of malls well, you know what's funny about that is, is talking to him he actually teaches a class in retail at the university of south alabama and one of the things that he mentioned is is that uh, customers are different now uh, than they were uh, in the old days when shopping malls were were uh, the staple that they were that we have in our minds, and that is the customers are more savvy. They are um, in some ways more conscious of sale. They like uh, the ability to kind of be. Uh, holding the cards, as you will. I mean, they don't have to come to the store. They can look online and get whatever they want. But the thing that the store, the physical location has that still keeps the retailer in somewhat control is the fact that you want to come in and try it on. You want to feel it. You want to make sure the fit is right or the cut is right or how it looks or whatever. And he said the other thing that the retailer still has in his bag of tricks is customer service. He says, you know, if you think about Sears, if you think about uh, the the great retailers uh, that used to anchor malls, they did it on customer service. If you come in and you want a pair of shoes, you're not just going to see the pair of shoes that you want. You may see five or six styles in that same size shoe. Uh, they are going to pamper you. They're going to tell you, you know, what a great uh uh, person you are, ask how your wife and kids are, um, you know, they're going to talk to you and they're going to make you feel like you are special. And he says that, that I think now that retail has changed the way it has because of online sales and other things, you're going to see retailers continue to try to resurrect some of that sense of customer service uh, simply because it's a way to get the customer in in. It's a way to keep them coming back. They're not just looking for the best deal. They're looking for the place that gave me the best deal. And he was, you know, he was very animated when he talked to me about that because uh, I think it's something that, you know, he, his homegrown business, he feels like they would not have gotten to where they are if it hadn't been for that kind of customer service quotient. And he thinks that that's going to be uh, huge coming, you know, moving forward as we try to find our way towards, um, you know, what comes not necessarily after malls, but what do malls look like in the 21st century? They're not going away. They're just changing. Mm-hmm. Again, Brent Barkin, Professor Barkin, the president and CEO of Shoe Station, which has stores all over a bunch of southern states. And I don't know about you, Bill, but have you ever bought a pair of shoes via the Internet? 
No, and I wouldn't. Yeah, it's a disaster. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. shoe station, you don't have to be too worried about that internet thing. <laughs> I think you'll be all right. But you do bring up the 100-pound gorilla in the corner over there, Bill, because the internet has, I assume, been a major contributor of the demise of the shopping mall. And you just told me that malls are not going to go totally away, but they're having to evolve. Yeah, uh there's two things to kind of keep in mind here. The first one is, is that not all malls are failing. Uh, there are malls around the country that are actually thriving right now, but it's, it has to do with location and, you know, their tenant mixture. Um, people still like to get out and shop. People like to still, you know, spend the afternoon, um, maybe as a family or, you know, kids still like to go places and hang out. And sometimes the mall is the most convenient place. Uh, People still have their favorite shops that they like to go to. Uh, but one of the interesting things I found in the course of doing some of the other stories that we've been doing about malls is that demographically, the, the uh, generation that enjoys shopping in physical locations the most is what they call Gen Z, which is people 14 to 19 years old. They don't trust the online experience as much as they trust just browsing. And they say browsing in in stores is a good way to relieve tension. And uh, that really surprised me because all the survey information for millennials and, and you know, older is almost the exact opposite, that they prefer the online experience because of the convenience of it. So uh, that right there tells you that, uh, you know, some of this is just cyclical. Uh, people do something until they get tired of it, then they re uh, they reevaluate their best practices and then they, uh, the next generation comes along and upsets the, all of that. What retailers have to do is they have to find some kind of space in between. They got to figure out how best to use their resources now and how to continue to draw people. Uh, malls are probably sticking around, but they're going to look different. And how will they look different? Uh, you know, uh, you already see people like Walmart kind of adapting in that when you drive by, you'll see that thing outside uh, that says delivery or pickup. You walk inside and there's this giant orange thing that looks like it's coming down from the sky and it's where you go to pick up whatever you all ordered online and it's there waiting on you. And that's one of the ways that they're doing this because when you come in and get that order that you picked up, hey, are you hungry? There's something over here. Or maybe there's something that you forgot to order online. It's probably back here. Let's go look at that. And before you know it, you spent $50 that you didn't realize on stuff that you needed or didn't think that you needed when you walked in. That's kind of how things may look in the future for stores in the mall. They may be fulfillment centers as much as showrooms and places to meet. Wrapping up our conversation with Bill Thornton of AL.com. And real quick, Bill, if I plan my vacation to the heart of Dixie, where is the hottest so-called mall that I can find in the borders of Al- within the borders of Alabama right now? Well, there's a, pl- a lot of places to um, – uh, you mentioned uh, Montgomery. There's – in Birmingham, there's obviously the Summit. Uh, there's uh, the Galleria, which still manages to uh, draw in uh, thousands of people. Uh, even just, you know, casual shoppers, tourists, people driving along the interstate. One of the things about the Galleria is that it's not just shopping. It's also a hotel and conference center and office buildings. And, uh, uh, there's plenty to do around there. Uh, there's, um, 
I just went to uh, the Dave and Buster's there the other night. My uh, first time to ever go to a Dave and Buster. You talk about a madhouse. <laughs> and, and, you know, you mentioned uh, in Huntsville, uh, what is being redeveloped there is called Mid City. And there's going to be, there, there are, there's a uh, Top Golf there. <laughs> there is um, uh, kind of an outdoor venue. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of signature restaurants there, and that's still kind of taking shape. But it's it's at one point it was the fourth largest real estate development, commercial real estate development in the country. So that should give you some idea of how big that's projected to be. Awesome. All right, Bill, when you're not writing about shopping malls, what else you got going on there at AL.com? Uh, just, you know, just living the dream. It's a great place to work. Uh, we we I, Sometimes I do business, but also do just breaking news and uh uh, we're you know keeping keeping a watch on uh, on everything that's not Alabama football. <laughs> well, that sounds like a fun beat to be on. I don't know how fun it'd be to Alabama to cover Alabama <laughs> since they win all the time. I mean, give me a break. There's nothing wrong with winning. I mean, uh, it's never boring. If you if you lived during the Mike Shula years, you'll appreciate uh, you'll appreciate a, a nice uh, blowout of anybody. Yes, and don't leave out the Mike Dubose years either there. Yes, absolutely. Which they did win an SEC championship, I think, one year, to his credit. Bill, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Again, you can go see all kinds of great business writing and more at AL.com. Well, that will wrap up our first hour of today's Y'all Show. Hang on. In the second hour, we'll look back at the weekend in sports, college football, NFL, and more. And then our teller of tales from Takapola will be dropping by. Jerry Short, no telling what he's going to be talking about. That's ahead on the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Good to have you back for another hour of talk about the South. I'm John Rawl, and this is y'all. We've got Jerry Short and the Teller of Tales from Takapola coming up in just a few minutes. Don't want to miss out on the exciting conversation that we always have 
with Jerry Artelli. If you want to give us a ring, it's 803-816-1170. You can call, you can text 803-816-1170. We will begin this hour looking back at the weekend in sports and in the NFL on Sunday. Well, it was an exciting day for a few teams and some other teams are really, really looking at the mirror today and wondering what is going on with this program. And I'm looking at you, Dallas Cowboys. The boys lost in New York to the Jets, the hapless New York football Jets, who had not won a game all year, beat the Cowboys 24 22. The Tennessee Titans are looking in the mirror. They lost. They got blanked by the Denver Broncos, who were not very good. Denver won in the Mile High City 16 zip over the Tennessee Titans. The Atlanta Falcons are looking in the mirror today and wondering what's going on. The Falcons are 1 and 5, and they lost in heartbreaking form their beloved kicker, Matt Ryan. Matt Bryant. I'm sorry. Quarterback's Matt Ryan. The kicker, Matt Bryant. He missed a chip shot point after try, and they lose to the Arizona Cardinals by one point, 34-33 in the desert. Tough, tough going. The L.A. Rams are looking in the mirror wondering what's going on because this team played in the Super Bowl a couple of months ago, and now they're 3-3. and The 49ers are 5-0 and and the best team in football, in the NFC at least, and the Patriots will be the best team in the AFC. The Niners 27-7 victors in L.A. over the weekend. The Cincinnati Bengals are still looking at themselves in the mirror. They have not won a game all year. They lose on Sunday to the Ravens 23-17. The New Orleans Saints are glad to look in the mirror. They're thir- they won 13-6 over the Jags, and the Saints 5-1 and right now. The Jaguars sank to 2-4. and The Vikings beat the Eagles. The Redskins topped the Dolphins. Dolphins still winless on the year. You had the Texans. Big win for Deshaun Watson as he went into KC and got the win over the Chiefs. 31-24. Houston improves to 4-2. and two. The Chiefs dropped to 4-2 and two after that one. Seahawks with a nice comeback. And Mr. B- Baker Mayfield loses that one. 32-28 in Cleveland. The Seahawks win. And then the games got started early on Sunday when the Carolina Panthers went all the way to London. And they played the Buccaneers. And the Panthers win 37-26. And that was your week six of NFL action from this past weekend. Your Monday night game going on is Packers and Lions from Lambeau Field. To the college ranks we go, and we've got the latest top 25 poll. Alabama is atop at number one, but a change in the AP top 25 as LSU moves up to number two. The Tigers are at two. The Clemson Tigers are at three. Clemson's still undefeated, but they've been sinking down over the last couple of weeks. So it's Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State is at four. OU is at five. They move up a spot this week. Wisconsin is six. Penn State, seven. Notre Dame, eight. Florida. Florida sinks a couple spots, but not too far. Florida, after the loss to LSU, is at number nine this week. And Georgia sank big time, losing seven spots in the poll. And the Dogs check in at ten. They lost to the South Carolina Gamecocks. More on that in just a second. Auburn is 11. Other Southern teams in the top 25 include the Texas Longhorns after they lost to OU. They've got two losses on the year, and the Horns are at number 15 in the AP Top 25. you got Baylor. They're at 18. They moved up a couple spots. Big overtime win over Texas Tech there at McLean Stadium. SMU moves up. The Ponies are at number 19 in the latest Top 25 poll. 
And the Missouri Tigers make an entrance into the poll as they're number 22, and the Tigers are 5-1, and one, the only SEC East team that has not had a conference loss, by the way. And the final Southern team that made it into the top 25, congratulations to the Appalachian State Mountaineers from Boone, North Carolina. They're number 24 in the latest AP Top 25. I thought Tulane would make it, and Tulane just missed out on it. They're the 26th team in the country, you could say. But uh, pretty good football by some of these teams that don't often get a lot of attention in college football. My thoughts on the weekend, Alabama was impressive, not surprising there. LSU stood up to the challenge of Florida, and I thought LSU came alive in that second half. Coach Orgeron's got a really good program. Alabama better look out. I think LSU has all the tools needed to win the SEC this year, and that game they've got in a couple of weeks is going to be a doozy. Clemson, Clemson did what they had to do. They looked a lot better as they just whooped up on Florida State. And I'm surprised they went down in the poll this week. They at least should have maybe stood at number two. But you got LSU moving up to two, at least in the AP Top 25. I want to also point out there is a discrepancy between the coaches' poll and the AP Top 25. Temple actually made it into the Top 25 at number 25 in the coaches' poll. And that team gets there after they beat Memphis over the weekend the Georgia Bulldog game was a big game from the past weekend as they lost at home between the Hedges to the South Carolina Gamecocks. Way to go, Will Muschamp, the Georgia alum, as his program got, I would say, a signature win. This has been an embattled program with Will Muschamp here this year, and they got a huge victory there in Athens in a rivalry game. This is the biggest SEC game the Gamecocks play all year, and they got that win on the road. Now, if they could just get a little respect from ESPN, and what I mean by that is ESPN in the game, if you tuned in, they had in the studio a graphic of South Carolina's logos, and they put the graphic of South Carolina State, the SC State Bulldogs, as the Gamecocks logo when they were bragging on them in the middle of a game there in the network control of ESPN. You'd think they'd know the difference between the Gamecocks and a Bulldog of SC State, by the way, from the FCS ranks. But yes, South Carolina gets the big win, and congratulations to Coach Muschamp on that. And I'm trying to think of anybody else I need to give some love to. Uh, I saw some fun games this weekend. If you had a chance to tune in and enjoy a weekend of college football, treasure them when you can because we've, sadly, we just had week number seven of college football and we've got week eight coming up this weekend. We're only about a month away from the end of the regular season of college football. Sad, sad, sad statement. Now let's talk a little baseball. You've got the continuation of the National League Championship Series going on this evening between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Washington Nationals. First pitch at Nationals Park in D.C. set for 738 Washington, D.C. time and the Nats have a 2-0 lead in the series. Steven Strasburg on the mound the powerhouse pitcher for the Nats he's going against Jack Flaherty of the cards as St. Louis tries to get a win in this series so far so good for the nation's capital team as they have the 2-0 lead in the NLCS the ALCS continues on Tuesday when the Astros and Yankees have game three from Yankee Stadium in NYC and finally NASCAR did not have a chance to have their race at Talladega on Sunday they had to postpone it until 
until today due to rain. So depending on when you're hearing our show, this race may be going on. It may be in the middle of uh, the checkered flag for all I know. But NASCAR's playoff race at Talladega Super Speedway was postponed a day because of rain in the East Alabama area. The Super Speedway has a tight window with no lights to permit racing after dark. And so because of that, this race was moved well in advance until today from Sunday's scheduled time. Chase Elliott started on the pole with three Hendricks Motorsports teammates right behind him. And I was driving by the Speedway last week. They got the big gigantic flags up, the green flag, the checker flag, the red flag, all the flags of NASCAR right there on I-20 east of Birmingham. And they're going to be racing today, rubbing and racing at Talladega Super Speedway as this playoff race continues the NASCAR end-of-the-year fun. And that is the end of our weekend and sports recap here on this Monday, y'all. When we come back, our friend Jerry Short, the Takapola storyteller, is going to be dropping by, and we're going to have a lot of fun talking about what's in the news and what's on our mind. And we know that you want to listen to that. And that's coming right up here, so don't miss out. This is y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. And now for an important announcement. Do you or does someone you know sweat the bed? Do you ever wake up feeling like you've been sleeping on a slip and slide? Sweating the bed is a serious but a common problem that affects your sleep, health, and happiness. Plus, it's just plain gross. But it's not you. It's your mattress. Fortunately, there is a cure. It's called Purple. Purple is the only mattress with a scientifically engineered smart comfort grid. This patented technology is designed to let air flow freely so you sleep cool. Side effects of sleeping on Purple include sleeping better, feeling better, and, well, honestly, smelling better. Try the Purple mattress risk-free for 100 nights and never sweat the bed again. And for a limited time, pick a free Purple product with your mattress purchase by texting AWESOME to 84888. The coolest sleep of your life and a free Purple product by texting AWESOME to 84888. That's A-W-E-S-O-M-E to 84888. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is in Introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 9999. That's promo code 9999 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now.
It's Takapola Story Time here on the Y'all Show. And we got the storyteller from Takapola joining us right now, Jerry Short. Welcome back. It is Y'all. It's our first of the day, first day of the week edition, the Monday edition of the All Southern Show. And Jerry, we welcome you into the show once again. And Jerry, I don't know if you can if you can detect it in my voice or not. But uh, sound like you're down a little bit. No, I'm happy. I'm excited. <clears throat> I'm mean, like down with a, a little cough or a little cold. Oh well, I've had a little touch over the last couple of days of some kind of craziness, probably bronchitis. This weather is changing, so it weather we're, we're all in danger. Yeah, and last week I think I had a little rougher time talking than I'm having today, but. We're going to try to make it through here today together, Jerry. But I'll tell you, one thing is making me happy. And What's that, man? That is, I haven't seen this promoted nationwide, but on Sunday evening, Jerry, I had my first one of these of the year 2019. I had, uh, yeah, I had a McRib. You had a what? <laughs> a McRib. Oh, sandwich. Yeah, from McDonald's, which they only Yesterday, carry. Oh, that's it. No, that's McDonald's. I'm thinking about that Impossible Burger. No, that's Burger King. I haven't had one of those yeah. yet. Have you? I mean, no, I've, I'm scared of it. Somebody told me it would taste it awful. My son did. <laughs> well, the commercials <laughs> say they're wonderful. I know that's what they said. But, yeah, I've eaten Mc, McRib things. I love those. They just kind of do those like every so often and quit doing them. Yeah, they come out right, right around this time of year. Again, I haven't seen any commercials for them. And the McDonald's the McDonald's I went into, I had to ask. I said, is the McRib back? Because I knew it was getting close to time. And yeah. they said, yeah. And so mm-hmm. last night I had two. They give you a deal where if you order the combo, you can pay a dollar more and you'll get a second McRib. Now, I know these are not very healthy. I don't think they are, at least. I don't know. I've eaten a bunch of them, man. I'm healthy as you can be. <laughs> but I wanted to let everybody know McRibs are back. At least they're rolling out, at least. If they're not in your local McDonald's, they're coming soon, and they'll be there as they always are for that limited time. And a lot of people wonder, why don't they just carry this year-round? And we actually yeah. have a statement. The official explanation from McDonald's about the sandwich's limited availability is, quote, we like to change up our menu throughout the year by offering some limited time only items like our shamrocks. They have a shamrock shake in the spring. The timing of the McRibs return can vary from year to year, but most recently it's made its appearance in the fall. So it's, it's a sure sign that we are in fall when McDonald's has the McRib sandwich. Now, if you're listening to us today and you're like, what the heck is a McRib? I've never really ventured to a McDonald's and tried it out. It consists of a restructured boneless pork patty shaped like a miniature rack of ribs. Served- it is restructured because you can bite through it. Yeah, yeah, restructured <laughs> boneless pork patty. I don't think you want to go to too many places and request a restructured boneless pork patty, but this time of year you can go to McDonald's and get the McRib. It's got the really savory barbecue sauce and onions and pickles on it. Yeah, that's and true. one of the things I wanted to talk to you about it, Jerry, is the process of restructuring the meat was first developed by the U.S. Army as a means to deliver low-cost meat products to troops in the field. Now, you had KP duty in your time in the service. What do Man, you- I've been a cook, a mess sergeant, and a green beret. It's just whatever I... I've been 30 years in the reserve would give you some of everything. So what yeah. the heck is, in the Army, restructured meat? Well, it's mostly just, you know, today, they, they uh, 
Well, let's say they have uh, meals ready to eat, and they're pretty good. And that, you know, you heat them in boiling water. Then before that, they had this uh, kind of a K ration, and everything was dehydrated. So they dehydrated like a hamburger patty, and it was restructured. When you brought it back, you dropped it in cold in water, hot water, if you had any. Normally, you didn't have any. But it made pretty doggone good. It was almost like a fresh hamburger. You know, that's just one type of meat. <clears throat> but they did it with all kind of stuff. So uh, they would uh, dehydrate it. Uh, is dehydrated the word I'm looking for? That yeah, like. might be right. But as a guy out in the field in the Army, you're not out there restructuring this meat yourself. It comes already. No, it comes to you that way. And it comes to you in a package. It's a. It's a OD green package that's uh, plastic, and it's got the whole meal in it. And whatever the meal is, it's, it's, it's been uh, – it, you got to drop it in water to rehydrate. You know, it, it'll even have a dessert. It'll have pears, and it'll have fruit cocktail, and, and it'll have whatever, you know, meat you might want. And, but, it, but, it, but it will be uh, dehydrated. And, and so uh, – it brings it back when you got water. So you, you better have a canteen of water to get that, to redo that. And I, I hate to think at McDonald's that they would ship them dehydrated food and bring it back in the kitchen in the sink, but they might do that. Well, but, again, according uh, to the official description of a McRib sandwich, it consists of a restructured boneless pork patty. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like something the military absolutely did, and I think that's probably a close cousin if it's not a brother. Yeah, but uh, that's uh, it's not bad. <clears throat> I mean, it was an improvement over if you've been around long enough. As some of us have, it's an improvement over a sea ration. Yeah, which you know they you had ten varieties of meal, twelve varieties of meals in a box of uh sea rations and it went from pork brains to uh spaghetti so you never knew which one you was gonna get you just had to it was a luck of the draw that almost have to blind folks then you could exchange later well i certainly had my feel of the mcrib on sunday evening and i'll give a mcrib a little bit of credit is it as good as memphis or maybe kansas city style ribs no i won't go that far however The McRib sandwich is better than some real rib places I've been to in my life. And it's a restructured boneless pork patty instead of a real rack of ribs. And you know, the sauce is really good. Yeah, it is good. I like it a lot. Uh-huh. And it's different yeah. than what you find on, like, chicken nuggets, which, by the way, there's a connection between the McRib and McDonald's Chicken McNuggets, as oh McRib made its debut in this country back in 1981, and it was developed by McDonald's, their first executive chef, Rene Arend, who was from Luxembourg, oh. and Chef Arend invented the Chicken McNuggets two years earlier in 1979 so his sequel to the very successful mcnugget was the 1981 well, rollout of mcrib you know they do use a better grade of chicken in the uh mcnugget chicken and it's you can tell because if you buy them at say burger king but you do get 10 for a dollar and a half where you don't get but four at, at mcdonald's for probably two dollars yeah. 
But however, it's a lot better quality. I don't know about that. That may be true, but I'm not going to, let's not go take Jerry to the <laughs> doctoral research and find out. Taste, it, well, taste-wise, it's a, uh, it tastes like a better quality. Okay. Let me put it that way. It's kind of like, I, I was going to mention to you, I don't know if you've heard you heard about this chronic wasting disease? Yeah, I want to talk to you about that. We need more time to talk about that. While we're on food products and such, a lot of people eat venison. And That's what I was thinking. Right now in the southeast, we have a real crisis going on with our deer population. And if it hasn't affected your southern state, chances are it will. And so hang on. In just a few minutes, we're going to get Jerry to tell us what he knows about the background of what's called CWD. And it is really a problem in a lot of our Mid-South states, and it's going to likely spread and be a problem. Yeah, it's it's coming to a place near you. Yeah, and this is something that can kill human beings. And so we want to focus on that in just a minute. But before we get into something so gory, let's keep talking a little bit about food. I'm sorry. I just thought about that because... It's this chronic disease, wasting disease. Yeah. I just found out was in my county, but go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, unfortunately, it's it's spreading all over the place. But right now, what's spreading is a good kind of meat. We hope, and that's McRib at your local McDonald's. And again, it has sort of a tribute, I guess, to the U.S. Army and their way of cooking, as it is kind of the reason this thing was even invented because it's restructured meat. Jerry, when you were in the Army, Spam, uh, of course, was something you used a lot during World War II times. Was Spam used a lot in your time? Uh, yeah, because Spam, you know, they can they can make a loaf of Spam and put it in one of those metal containers that you can take a, a key and, and bend the metal back, and you can roll it over and unwrap it and pour it out the end, uh, knock it out the end of the container, and and spam keeps real good, you know. They may put a lot of stuff in it to keep it good. Hopefully, hopefully they don't. But uh, spam was always a staple in the military, I think. And it traveled good. It uh, it was easy to transport, obviously, and and then it was easy to handle. And then it as easy to you know, no preparation really involved, obviously. So uh, it it was a convenient way of feeding the troops. Well, as a youngster, like a lot of kids out there, I was obsessed with the military, and I used to play Army in the woods and had uniforms and all that kind of stuff. And I'll never forget, after watching all those old World War II movies and such, I convinced my mother to buy me some Spam at the grocery store. And I said, Mama, please make me Spam. I want to be like those soldiers. And I was about nine. Morale Spam. Nine nine years old, wanting to eat Spam. And she says, all right, if this is what you want, here you go. Okay. And I had yeah. that like I liked it, but it was uh, not exactly the best taste. Well, look, I'll still eat a little spam every now and then. You just what you need to do is just kind of fry it in a skillet just a little bit. Well, I didn't have that luxury. <laughs> well, you had to make a campfire, you know. <laughs> you had to go prepare. <laughs> yeah. Now we cook we cook spam in Boy Scouts some, but it was still not as yeah. good as bacon. But no, it, no, nothing's good as bacon. But but also it didn't have as much mess. I mean, remember with yeah. bacon, you got all that extra grease and. It's yeah. a problem, but spam, you can cook it or you can eat it right out of the can if you had to. Oh, spam, spam is yeah, it's convenient, and that's the reason the military military is going to go any convenience they can go, and they're going to probably try to go the cheapest route they can go, and they don't they cannot stand waste. 
And so you're not going to have much waste with Spam. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely a military staple. Now, you're a man who's been about the world, Jerry. I can't remember which one of these areas we would have been kind of conquering in our military conflicts of the world, but uh, it may be Japan or somewhere like that. They love Spam. They do. True. Is it Japan? Yeah. Orientals. All, most Oriental countries do. Guam is a lot of spam in Guam, but I think it's in military storage. <laughs> really? It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's probably from World War II, left over. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we used sea rations from World War II up to the 80s. So Is that right? I, I know for sure we used them up to the 60s, late 60s. And uh, and the sea ration would have been, give me an example of what that would have been. Well, say, let's just give them a doubt and say 44. But, uh, let's say 1944 and give them a doubt. 44 to, to 64 to maybe seven, 68. Yeah, but what, 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 what uh, would you have consumed that was actually prepared oh, 25 years ago? I said before. a while ago that was in a sea ration, anything like, well, they had pork and brains, and they had, uh, they had actually, they had a spam on it. Is that <laughs> right? Yeah, and then they had spaghetti and stuff like that. So, you know, but it kept forever, I guess. And uh, maybe they didn't put too much preservatives in it to hold it together. But uh, I really couldn't tell the difference in the taste of a sea ration from 1964 to 1970, you know. So they went to a K ration in about about 75 to 80. They went to what they call that thing I was talking about a while ago, a K-Rash, where they dehydrated stuff and you brought it back with water. So, and then they went to the MRE. That's an MRI, I'm sorry. MRE, meals ready to eat. Yeah. And then they went to the K's, and that that was where they'd boil the stuff, and they'd come in big containers, and you'd boil them in the 50-gallon barrels that you use for garbage cans, but you'd put water and put a heater in it. And then you cook it that way. So, you know, for all you people that love all that memory of good uh, chow in the military, there's a few things to think about. And uh, I promise you they didn't do that in the mess hall unless they were trying to get off early. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, now talking about these items, Jerry, is your stomach growling? Are you getting kind of hungry? Man, I'd like to have some of those, some of those uh, pork brains and scrambled <laughs> eggs. Because I'm not lying to you, when I when I was in the special forces thing, no one liked it but me, and we'd get uh, we'd get MREs, yeah, and uh, <laughs> or we'd get uh, sea rations, uh, and I could swap three for one if I had if I had something really good, you know, out of the twelve options that you had, I could usually get one and get three. So behind my bunk or a roll or wherever we were sleeping, I had a I had I had pork brains and 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 and, and scrambled eggs stacked up pretty high because I really did I really did like that food. I know it's going to be a lot of people listening that are going to say, "Boy, he must he'll eat anything." Well, I haven't dined and had spam with you, but I yep. have sat down at a table with you where you served up a military staple that I'm going to clean up the nickname of it. Feces on a shingle, also known as SOS, is what people (laughs) in the military would call it. And and what exactly is SOS? Well, you don't do anything but just take ground beef, and then you you make your gravy with the ground beef. Basically, basically it's a good gravy 
more like a roux that a Louisiana, a Louisiana person would have. Mm-hmm. And then you put Worcestershire sauce in it, and that's your breakfast, and you pour it over toast. You can put it over toast or just plain bread and serve it that way. So if you come through the chow hall and uh, you stick your plate out there and somebody throws you a piece, two pieces of toast on it, and then they dip in this uh, this, this container next to it, as ladle comes out and it pours this stuff over your bread, you've just had some SOS. Ah, okay. And that's on shingles. So the, I guess I assume the bread would be the shingles and the uh, ground beef, which I really like it, you know. The military, they refer to it as a ground beef hash type stuff. But, you know, and as far as their menu says, they're not going to tell you. I think after 911, those military menus sold like hotcakes. You could buy the books that the military was using when they went to the Mideast. Mm-hmm. And uh, people were buying, actually buying the menus. You know, you get a whole month, and everybody eats the same thing, you know, that month. No matter where you are, what kind of unit you're in, you should be eating out of that same military. So that brings it on down to to ration control, to everything. They're going to bring you that food as it is to every type of unit. So you're all eating the same, and everybody wants to see that menu because it's got to be broken out proportions exactly. You can't be you can't be 5% over or 5% under on what ration breakdown brings to the unit to serve to X amount of men, and you better make it go around because if you've got 100 men and you've got only enough food for 95, you're going to have to stretch some or vice versa. So, uh, this is the all show. I'm John Rawl, the general of all things Southern. We're talking with Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola, but also the general of KP, it sounds like. KP, there you go. I know where the grease pit is. <laughs> you kind of wanted to be on KP, didn't you? I first volunteered to be on KP because those rascals got off, uh, they got off every, uh, every other day because they had to work so many hours. So I was on a firing battery gun section at the time, and I would go down early in the morning when they would start breakfast at 2 o'clock and help them. So I got a guy. Just volunteered to help them. I volunteered. I just would go down and volunteer to help them. What an idiot. (laughs) What an idiot. No, wait. It paid off. I got, they kicked the poor boy out of the mess section, and I got his position, and I never had been to any mess school. Or anything like that. And I've become the best cook they'd ever had. But, uh, but, but I went down there and volunteered and cooked and did all that stuff and helped them in the morning where they could get their breakfast out. And then I'd go back to a howitzer and fire, fire 155 rounds at, at all this, uh, enemy we were firing at and, uh, all this stuff we were doing and playing around doing and all everything. If we were playing or if we were serious or whatever we are. Then I'd have to go back and do that. But then at night, I would run back down there and help them again until they finally run a couple of people out. And I got a position in there that was, hey, look, <clears throat> they can say in the military, in the artillery part of the military, you know, they got an area that they call the backbone of it, the bronze of it, and the brains of it. And I'm not brains, but I was in the brains part, which is called FTC, Fire Directional Control. And uh, everybody in the mess section 
except one person was an FDC graduate from graduate school at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Is that right? <laughs> they'd, all, they'd all been to, to, the, to the highest part of artillery, but they all wanted to be in the mess section so they could be off it every other day. Huh. And that's something. Well, what? Uh, that's kind of that's kind of being a sissy, I guess. But and it's always good to be off every day and sleep in while everybody else is up at two o'clock. I guess, I guess. Yeah. When we come back, we're going to talk about this other thing going on in the news that Jerry mentioned: CWD, chronic waste disease. It's a problem in a lot of our southern states, and we'll let you know exactly what's going on with it and what you can do to help out. That's coming up in our final segment of this Teller of Tales with Takapola, Jerry Short. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. And now for an important announcement. Do you, or does someone you know, sweat the bed? Do you ever wake up feeling like you've been sleeping on a slip and slide? Sweating the bed is a serious but a common problem that affects your sleep, health, and happiness. Plus, it's just plain gross. But it's not you. It's your mattress. Fortunately, there is a cure. It's called Purple. Purple is the only mattress with a scientifically engineered smart comfort grid. This patented technology is designed to let air flow freely so you sleep cool. Side effects of sleeping on Purple include sleeping better, feeling better, and, well, honestly, smelling better. Try the Purple mattress risk-free for 100 nights and never sweat the bed again. And for a limited time, pick a free Purple product with your mattress purchase by texting AWESOME to 84888. The coolest sleep of your life and a free Purple product by texting AWESOME to 84888. That's A-W-E-S-O-M-E to 84888. One night while driving home, I stopped to use a roadside phone to call my wife and tell her I was headed back. When somewhere out of that mist and fog came a big deer running from a pack of dogs, and that deer ran right into the side of my Cadillac. Well, it cracked like thunder when he banged his head, and the deer fell over, and I thought he's dead, and it spooked the dogs, and they ran off back into the woods. Back now for the final segment of this Monday edition as we continue on visiting with the teller of tales from Takapola, Jerry Short. And Jerry and I love to talk about the South. We like to have fun and educate everybody if we are able to here on the Y'all Show. 
But we actually have something that we're going to talk about here in this final segment of this Monday edition that's of importance, especially if you're a person who likes to go out deer hunting this time of year. As most of our southern states, seasons are open for a few weeks here. And we want to let you know what's going on with chronic wasting disease, CWD. It's a contagious neurological disease that affects deer, elk, and moose. And it causes a characteristic spongy degeneration of the brains of infected animals, resulting in emaciation, abnormal behavior, loss of bodily functions, and death. And it can also affect human beings. And Jerry, you're the first person I ever talked to who kind of gave me a little bit of the backstory of CWD and how we're even how this is even affecting our southern states. Well, I'm glad you said all those words because I'm afraid I wouldn't have been able to say, say them. But uh, I'm going to go with some just some common talk on it. Uh, the deal with with uh, with the uh, disease, it started, you know, it just kind of just went under the rug, swept under the rug. It actually, the first that anybody remembers of, of finding or hearing about it was like in the 60s. And it started in Colorado and out west. Well, as it spread, you know, in that by the eighties, it it got to really being so bad that they were watching these deer. They get so bad, they get so crippled, and it gets in there. It's it's kind of a mental situation, mm-hmm. and and they'll start uh, wobbling and they'll start falling around, and then of course, as it says, wasting, they'll waste away to nothing. So that started happening, and so they started really monitoring the stuff. And it was out west, basically, and mule deer and big deer and, and elk and, and stuff like you said. And then people, you know, hunters are, are bad about wanting to improve their stock. So from what I understand from a friend of mine who's a who's a government veterinarian, he, he's the one that put me on it a while back, was that um, some of these people uh, wanted to improve their antler sizes on their deer maybe in the in the midwest mm-hmm. maybe in wisconsin i think wisconsin become a big state for it and they they started moving those deer there because those deer can't migrate from colorado and utah where it was bad across that way all the way into wisconsin and and minnesota and, and michigan and places like illinois places like that because that's just not the way they migrate and uh that's not in their migration route. So what happened, people started re, re, move, moving them and putting them in their herds, hoping they'd breed, interbreed, and breed up to uh, big racks. Because, you know, a deer hunter wants a big rack. He, mm-hmm. wants, a, he wants a 10, 12-point rack at least. You know, a lot, of, a lot of hunters this day and time just they let a six-point walk by and want him shoot it. So that started kind of started kind of growing with that this wasting disease, and then as it kept going, you know, it it become pretty big up north, kind of in those states that I just mentioned. But then, then of course, people down south they want it too in the whitetail deer. It was mostly in mule deer, and then it it became part of the whitetail deer population. And uh, I noticed in uh, in. Uh, it's moved more to the southeast, but it hadn't gone beyond West Tennessee, I don't think. And it hadn't gone uh, south of 
probably where I am now. Yeah. But Jerry, did, 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 did somebody in the forestry service or wildlife official somewhere move deer into the south from up north? You know, I've heard that some did that. I, I, I'd hate to put the blame on them not knowing. I'm going to do some research since we brought this up tonight, but uh, uh, they've been known to do stuff like that many, many times because when I work for a major timber company, uh, I'm responsible for bringing wild Russian boar into Mississippi and South Mississippi and Alabama. You you did this. Well, because the company did it and I was helping pick them, get them off of the ship. At Gulfport, Mississippi, and taking them and releasing them in places like the Delta National Forest or some other place like that. And so, you know, they worked with the federal government or with the uh, local uh, forestry end of the thing. And so that's how that's how those that's how all those hogs and now they are menace. And they they bother people. Uh, <clears throat> really what, what is your address so people can send you? Uh, complaints. I think I'm in Utah somewhere. Uh, St. George, Utah. What was the reason those those darn Russian hogs were brought over here? Let me take a guess. So idiots well, got and hunt them, hunt them. Hunters, hunters, yeah. hunters. All trying to improve hunting. Hunting hunters bring money to the area. I mean, people just don't realize when you lease your land, like the timber companies. When we first started leasing land, the people we were getting a uh, dollar an acre. And then later, south the southern part of the state of Mississippi started getting $10 an acre. Well, that more than pays for your taxes. So, yeah, you want stuff like that. You want hunters. You want stuff. You want to bring hunters in. And and then besides that, they're going to be buying other things besides renting your land. So, yeah, you're well off, and the individual that owns private land is also well off at that hunt because he's getting good money for releasing his land. For, to hunt to hunting clubs, but uh, anyway, back to this this disease, which uh, is is getting pretty prevalent in different places. I think Tennessee. I noticed it was only three counties, and I think Jackson, Tennessee, may be in Madison County. It was Madison County. That would be like in the western central part, I guess. Probably and, Madison, uh, Hardeman County, Madison and Hardeman and. Whichever one Selmer's in, I think might have been one of them. McNary, sure. maybe McNary. Was yeah, you ought to know Selmer. That's all your buddy. I know well, but I was I wasn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know walking tall walks tall over there. But still, I, uh, I I I wasn't real sure about that one. But I know in Mississippi, it came from Hardeman joins the Mississippi line, I believe, mm-hmm. and it came on down into Marshall County, and then it came on down in. It got all around where I am now. It even got in Pontotoc County. It even got in, it got in Tallahatchie County, which is, that's the further south that I've seen any sign of it. That would be halfway to Jackson, Mississippi from Memphis. And, uh, that's the furthest I've seen any sign of it. But they're concerned and they're really doing a lot of heavy research on it now because, like you said, they're scared it can get in humans by eating the meat. By, and, by the way, I want to let everybody know, chronic wasting disease is now found in 26 states. That's right. You're not, right. not all in the South, of course. We're only talking no. mostly Tennessee. <laughs> I think we're about as far as we go. Tennessee, Mississippi primarily right now. Alabama, I know there's concern. 
But if you're a hunter, a lot of these hunters go out of state to hunt. So this CWD is something you need to be aware of. And Jerry, I've been in areas of North Mississippi recently and cities that you don't think of people going out hunting in. And I saw at the local post office right beside it at the fire station next to the post office, they had a CWD check-in where I guess if you kill a deer, you're supposed to take it in the city and get it checked out, see if it has this thing. Look, it's so many deer now that something's going to happen with the deer population anyway. When I was a boy, there was zero deer. And the Forest Commission brought deer into the Holly Springs National Forest. First deer I ever saw was in the late 50s, early, real early 60s, 61 or 62. First deer I ever saw was in the Holly Springs National Forest. And they were brought in here uh, then because I assume, never been told this, that the deer was killed off during the depression for food. And, uh, so, you know, everybody was starving to death during the depression in the thirties. Yeah. And so they were killing deer and we didn't have any deer. So that same thing can be happening in reverse now, except you could be playing with danger. If you're playing with some kind of deer venison, it may have some kind of, uh, some of this wasting disease in it that can spread to a human. Yeah, CWD is a problem, but regardless of CWD, as you're kind of hinting here, Jerry, the deer population is way out of control. I'm tired of reading about accidents. I was just in my hometown two weeks ago, and in the middle of a Saturday afternoon, there was about six motorcycle riders all going down the highway, having a good time, and a deer came out in the middle of them, and it killed two motorcycle riders. In in the broad daylight, they lost control after hitting this deer and my brother actually came upon the accident he said i saw the deer head out there in the middle of the street and over there was dead motorcycle riders and again in the broad daylight so oh yeah in the daylight it it doesn't matter anymore because there's so many especially when it's time to feed and in rutting time of the year when they're when they're breeding i mean those times are really bad we had one in this town that i'm in now which is a pretty good sized town uh, get loose and go down Main Street and jump through a plate glass window of a hardware store mm. and go in the store and tear the store up before it jumped back out. They actually had an open deer season in Oxford, Mississippi a few years ago. So, you know, if they're in cities of the size of Oxford yeah. and they're in the way and they're in your yard, I've got three or four that come to my yard. And I've only got an acre and a half in town uh, where they come. I, I got three deer that come to my back backyard where I cut grass. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's too many. And we're, ask, we're asking for disease if we don't thin them out. And the way the government is this day and time, they will not let you take care of things your way or the way things need to be taken care of. I'm sure they will not let us thin the, the deer population out properly like it needs to be thinned out because they have too many restrictions on when you can kill a doe or when you can kill a female, obviously, or anything like that. And then, you know, they, and even on, even on, uh, spikes, you, you know, you better be able to really see that spike and make sure that it's enough on that head that you can kill that deer. Because if it's an inch and you, and you got a little hair over that spike, they're going to get you for killing an illegal yeah. deer. Yeah, I think so, what we just need to do is 
it'd make hunters happy. It would make the rest of the world happy if we just attack. We declared war on deer and just get rid of all of them. We can bring them back. It's not going to be hard to do that. But they don't no, really. Have, they don't really have a purpose. They don't have a purpose. They they don't really have a, a main purpose. Uh, you know, it, there there are people that uh, really enjoy hunting, and if you controlled them and put them in a controlled area. You know, it would be one thing if you could keep them in a national forest and then you could control them out of there if it lets you do things like that. That's the reason you're having these fires in California now. They won't let them underbrush fire that in. So when it catches on fire, it's it's a huge fire. Well, when otherwise it'd just be a little small flame backing through the woods. Garrett, I don't J- care when it's 60 miles an hour. Jerry, we, we need to get our hunters to switch from hunting deer to hunting coyotes. Because those there are a nuisance, now. too, that really are more yeah. elusive to kill. It's more of a challenge, and we need to get rid of those suckers, too. Jerry, we're yeah. out of time. I appreciate your time today on the Y'all Show. Yes, sir. Anytime. We can talk about Prairie Dog next, if you want. <laughs> we'll All save right. that one for next time. All right. All right. Jerry Short, everybody. Well, that will wrap up our Monday, y'all. Hey, on Tuesday, join us for more great Southern fun. We'll talk a little Big 12 football, and we also have more plan as we cover the South big time here on the Y'all Show. We'll give you the update on the Southern political front on our Tuesday, y'all. All that head on y'all. Thank you for listening, and have a great rest of your day. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 9999. That's promo code 9999 at Vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now.